You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Deborah King, one of the elder care coordinators at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today we are talking about hearing loss. Joining us for the conversation is Dr. Jason Baker of Music City Audiology. Welcome, Dr. Baker. Thank you for having me today. We're glad you're here. Um, We have lots of questions about hearing loss. So let's start out, when should someone have their hearing checked? Uh, That's a great first question. So it's definitely good at any age to get a baseline test just to see where your hearing is. That could be anywhere from normal hearing or we might identify some hearing loss. But definitely if any changes in hearing are observed, or if you notice any ringing in the ears or pain or pressure um, or even dizziness, those are good uh, indicators that you should go get your hearing checked. So there's not necessarily a certain age, but getting a baseline and then being observant for changes. That would be like me turning up the TV volume because I can't hear it. Yes. Um, Yeah, there's no particular age. I think a lot of people, when they get into their 50s or when they hit um, the magic number of 65, they um, start entering into the office or wanting to make those visits to get their ears checked. Is hearing loss inevitable with age? So age-related hearing loss is called presbycusis, which is a very common condition for most individuals. But with hearing loss, there's other factors such as noise-induced hearing loss from firearms or concerts. We also want to look at genetics. And then there's also certain medications that can cause hearing loss. So all of this can compound on age-related hearing loss as well. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that a lot of times people will start around age 65 to get their hearing checked. Does Medicare pay for hearing checks? Yeah. So if someone is referred by their primary care physician or a medical doctor, insurance is likely to cover that. Um, But there there are some tests that aren't covered by insurance as well. So that's something that everyone should call their insurance company and get the exact details per policy. Okay, that that's good advice. So, um, so if I have hearing loss or the listeners have hearing loss um, that is identified through your office, is there anything you can do to slow it down or keep it from getting worse? Yeah, that's a question I get a lot. So slowing the progression of hearing loss Um, so developing a healthier lifestyle can contribute to hearing loss prevention or at least slowing down the decline. So thinking about heart health, managing diabetes, regular exercise, some diet changes, 
those can all help slow the progression. But for some individuals, uh, the hearing loss is inevitable. Wow. I didn't realize that your overall health status affected hearing that way. That's interesting. Um, so what's the treatment if I have hearing loss and how, how bad does it have to be? That's also another good question. So um, there's no one size fits all approach for any type of hearing loss. There's different degrees of hearing loss. Um, so the best thing to do is once you identify the hearing loss, uh, you would want to pursue treatment, which is typically hearing aids. Um, that's a great starting point. And then talking with an audiologist, we would walk you through the process over time as your hearing changes to make sure that you're getting the right amount of amplification that you need. Okay. Um, I recently did have a hearing test and I was surprised to learn that it's not just volume that's affected, that there's certain sounds I don't hear as well. And in the hearing, the audiologist in your office can help identify what specific type of hearing loss you have. Yeah, that's a Yeah, there, there are, I'll uh, answer the first question about different types of hearing loss. So um, there's two major types of hearing loss. There's sensory neural, which is meaning that there's been permanent damage to our inner ear structure, which is the cochlea. And then there's something called conductive hearing loss, where there's something wrong with the outer ear or middle ear. And then sometimes there's a mixture of both. But if we're talking specifically about sensory neural, which is the more common hearing loss related to aging, um, looking at a typical test, you have volume. So we want to see where someone's thresholds are falling at certain frequencies. But then we also look at word understanding. Uh, we do find that over time, people will have, uh, can have word understanding issues like word discrimination, where that even when we turn the volume up, there's a distortion of certain words. And that's what the brain is trying to do processing the sound. So some people with hearing loss have a volume issue. And once we correct that volume issue, they hear just fine. But others, even when we do correct the volume issue, there's still a distortion going on that hearing aids will assist, but it's not going to be a, a full 100% fix. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so if you get hearing aids, does that prevent further loss or does that just improve quality of life? Yeah. So that's another good question. Once we identify the hearing loss, a lot of people ask at what point do they need to get in terms of their decline to pursue hearing aids? Uh -huh. And, and that's some of that is a, it's a personal choice because a lot of people aren't always ready to treat it right away. And then also thinking about cost as well and other factors, but um, the better, the sooner you treat, the better the outcomes tend to be because we need the brain to retrain itself to hear the sounds that it's been missing for some time, whether that's a few years or more commonly a couple decades when people finally pursue treatment. Um, it takes time for the brain to recognize the sounds that it's been missing. So you need brain therapy. Yeah. So, um, not typically covered by insurance, but it's it's a oral rehabilitation. 
Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Um, you would work with the audiologist and it takes constant um, effort and consistent use and support from family and friends to really keep the brain engaged. Interesting. Very interesting. So we work with a lot of patients with dementia in our office. And and sometimes we wonder if the dementia is just related to not being able to engage in the environment because they cannot hear. Yeah, that could be part of it. So that's a, a big concern that a lot of patients over the years have had is that they're worried about the cognitive decline because as we know, and a lot of people have experienced, um, dementia and Alzheimer's is a really, lack of a better word, nasty disease. Um, so, but untreated hearing loss is linked um, to cognitive decline. And so we do want to make sure that we do treat the hearing loss because um, a lot of those individuals with untreated hearing loss, they'll pull away from social situations. And then again, the brain's not accessing important speech information and that could just compound on itself and lead to further decline. Very interesting. This, this is really interesting to me. (laughs) Um, So is, so my, the next question is I have seen recently seen more adults, especially older adults with the cochlear implants. When does that come into play with hearing loss? Yeah, so cochlear implants are the final treatment process. Once someone has developed really progressive hearing loss and really severe to profound hearing loss where they've tried hearing aids and they're not getting benefit anymore, that's when we have the discussion about pursuing cochlear implants. Okay. Okay. Is that related to this age-related hearing loss or is it related to other issues? Uh, Partly, but clinically what I've seen over the years with cochlear implant patients, they're the individuals that have worn hearing aids for a long time typically. And then their hearing loss has just gotten to the point where traditional amplification such as hearing aids won't help them. I've seen some cases where someone develops a rapid decline in hearing and that might be related to some other underlying medical issue. And then they go right into getting a cochlear implant, but um, some of it is, could be age related. Um, So is it possible that when you have the hearing loss that there is something uh, else going on, like they just need their ears cleaned out, or is there anything else they can do? Yeah, I I love talking about ear cleaning. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, I get, <laughs> my I get that my question. daughter loves it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the question all the time, and some people want me to stop talking because it's disgusting. But um, <laughs> so looking at our ears as a whole, so we want to think about good uh, ear canal hygiene. So cleaning the ears. Um, routine cleaning is important, not talking about Q-tips cause that's, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, so for example, if someone has fully impacted ears, meaning that when I look in their ears, I can't see anything but wax. I can't see to their eardrums. We definitely would want to get those ears cleaned out. 
it is possible that once we remove that wax, they can hear better. But sometimes even when we remove the wax, there's still some underlying hearing loss as well. Okay. Okay. So Dana said that your practice um, not only is office-based, but you do home visits. Yeah. So my structure, I'm completely mobile. So my idea behind that approach was to be more accessible and more convenient for my patients. So that Uh involves either coordinating with different residential communities um, Uh in the area or home visits too. So for anyone that does find my practice, um, they just can reach out to me and I'll come right to them. Okay. Okay. So you have the, the van or the truck loaded with the equipment you need to be able to do those evaluations. Uh, so yeah, I actually don't even have the person leave their apartment or their home. Um, I, my equipment is mobile even to the point where I could have someone stay in their favorite chair and I Uh test them inside their house. Awesome. That works great for a lot of uh, people that we see or people in the community who have, who have, mobility issues, but also those who have transportation issues. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, um, practicing for over the years, I just saw that there was a need for this. Um, a lot of my patients, even when they would come to the clinics I'd worked at, um, it would just be a lot of effort an all day effort for them to coordinate a ride from a family member or a friend or a ride share service. And right. Right. Um, it was just a lot for them. Okay. Okay. What else do you want to tell me about hearing loss? Oh man, I could talk about this for (laughs) for hours. Um, Yeah. So I think the biggest thing it's what I've noticed. It's not always easy to convince someone that has hearing loss that they, that they need to pursue an evaluation, let alone treatment. Good point. Um, Good point. Yes. So I'm still trying to figure out a lot of times it's the family members, so the spouse or the children suggesting to the patient that they need to pursue an evaluation at least to get a baseline. Um, so, But once we overcome that hurdle, then, then I can build better rapport with my patients and really figure out what's going to be best for their long-term hearing health. Okay. So a lot of the people that we see have acknowledged that they have hearing loss, some of it major. Does yelling in their ear help? Uh, that's always an interesting one. Uh, it's funny because over, over time when a spouse or an adult uh, child will communicate with uh, my patients, they're like, oh, they, they actually hear me the best, but, and then they're just like screaming in the ear, which you are bringing a louder sound closer to the ear. So that, yeah, in some way is helping, but I have equipment that I can quickly turn the volume up to the hearing loss to accommodate the hearing loss and have a normal conversation without yelling. Um, and then speaking of yelling, yelling is, probably a very frustrating point of communication. I hear that all the time. I, I joke with my 
patients and their families that I'm not a marriage counselor. Um, I am kind of informally just walking through communication strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, Yelling isn't the best solution. Obviously for a lot of people before we treat the hearing loss, that's their only option is they need to yell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's other strategies. So we want to be face to face for communication. We need to actually have a moderate speaking pace and mm-hmm. if you keep yelling the same words over and over and someone isn't understanding, a good strategy is to actually try to modify and change the words that you're trying to say to get your point across. Um, and that sometimes will help with the conversation. Oh, that's great advice. That's great. The face-to-face and maybe changing the words because they're not hearing those specific sounds. Exactly. Not talking real fast. Okay. Okay. Well, this has been just great information. Um, We do appreciate your joining us today. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening Takis McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 